what? If you're hungry this morning, I'm serious. I've been, I've been wrestling with this word and uh, Dave and I didn't even talk about wrestling, but I'm telling you, there is a wrestle going on today. There's a wrestle going on for your destiny and your destiny isn't just for you. Your destiny is about that you would walk in your destiny so that you would influence the world around you. There's a wrestle today, I believe, for the destiny of Bay City Church. Today we're contending for what's ours. And you know what? I'm going after everything that's ours. I will not let the devil take or short change us today. Amen. So if you're hungry, come on, give Jesus a shout today. Because you know what? I'm tired. I'm tired of the fight. I'm tired of the enemy plundering what's mine. And today I'm taking it back. And if you're with me today, come on, get hungry in your heart for him. Because you know what? We surrender God with your hands. There's a move taking place here. There's a shaking taking place. Say, God, I surrender. God, I surrender to you. God, we want you, God. We want what you've called us to, Jesus. If you're online watching, lift your hands. If you're in the city and you should have been in church this morning, just lift your hands. Lift your hands. The Holy Spirit is here. Like a rushing wind. Like a rushing wind. He came in the upper room in the book of Acts. He came on the day of Pentecost like a rushing wind. And no one could stop him. No one could stop him. I decree today no one can stop him. No one can stop him. No one can stop what the Lord has put on your life unless you let him. The enemy can't take anything unless you give it away. Don't give it away. I want to say this before we sit down. Don't give the enemy credit he doesn't deserve for authority he doesn't have. I'll say it again. Don't give the enemy credit he doesn't deserve for authority he doesn't have. He doesn't have it today. Come on, we're waking up this morning. Grab your seat this morning. But I'm telling you, it's time to wake up. It's time to run in the things he's given us. You know what? Sure, we need help. We need each other. That's why we need to be in the house of God. Because I need you and you need me. And we need to stand together, amen? There is a wrestle going on. But he is the God of miracles. And today he wants to pour out breakthrough. He wants to pour out breakthrough this morning. When you're hard pressed, when you're hard pressed on every side, where's Andy? Andy, I've got a word for you. The Lord says he knows that you've been hard pressed. That's what it feels like on every side and you haven't known where to go. And there's times you've even said, God, where are you? And today he wants you to know that when the enemy has come in like a flood against your life, against your children, against your family, that he will raise up a standard against the enemy in your life. Today, he's raising up a standard against the enemy that's come against you. I decree breakthrough over your life. I decree it today. I decree it so today that the tide is changing. There's a woman over here you've got to strike top on. I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you that enlargement is coming around your life. There's enlargement coming around your life. I saw it earlier when I was standing down there worshiping and I turned around. God says there's enlargement coming to you. In Jesus' name, Maria, the heavens are opening over your life. I don't know what's going on in your world. I don't know, but God says it's starting to open up again. He says there's always hope. There's always hope and there's life coming. 
In Jesus' name, I prophesy it today. Come on, get hungry. See, He's always here. It's whether you and I submit to it, right? He's always here. He was always here. But you and I, we've got to take hold of Him. Today, things are changing. And today, if you have felt hard-pressed on every side, Pastor Dave brought it out last week, and I knew he brought it out really just a, just a fleeting moment. I knew it was a word from God because it's the same message that I sent somebody that very same night or morning. When you're hard-pressed on every side, you know what? He's the only one, Jesus Christ, that you can trust. He doesn't lie. His word says, am I not a man that I won't lie? He's faithful. He keeps his word. He's all powerful. He's victorious. And he loves you. You know what is, we need his voice in our lives. In Psalm 29, it says this, that the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord, it shakes the desert. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And all in His temple cry glory. How much more? How much more does He care for you? Today, He knows your name. Before you were born, before you took your first breath, He already had your days marked out. And so if you've been one that have said you've been hard pressed on every side, maybe in your marriage, maybe it's your finances, maybe it's at school, in a relationship, wherever it is with your destiny, wherever it is. How many of you have ever seriously said, God, where are you? Who's done that? You know what? I want to show you a scripture to give you hope today. It's found in 139, Psalm 139, verse 16. And this is the Passion Translation. And it says this, You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Isn't that amazing? Before I ever seen, before I'd ever seen the light of day, the number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Amen. That means no matter what's happening in your life, hard pressed on every side, our King's always there. Our King's always there. He knows your name today. You may be here today and feel insignificant. I want to tell you today that He knows your name. He has mapped out your days. And God wants to grow us up in the times when we're hard pressed. Amen. How many here today, if you were honest, you'd say, I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. Put your hand right up, right up. Look around the room. Look around the room. Look how many people are saying, I need a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. Amen. Today, I'm believing that your breakthrough would be here. And I want to today, I want to speak about breakthrough. I want to speak about the road called breakthrough because it's a process. It's a journey we go on to, to breakthrough. There are many different roads that we find ourselves on, even as Christians, and sometimes by accident or sometimes just because we get a bit AWOL. We wander off and we find ourselves on a road that wasn't meant for us. I know there's people here like that today. You've wandered off. You got discouraged along the way. and You've jumped onto a different lane. It was never meant for you. But there is a road called breakthrough and it's a road of hope 
and it's a road of miracles. And it's where you intentionally and purposefully position yourself. It's not luck, it's a choice. And it's the way where miracles happen, amen. He's called you to walk in breakthrough today, not in defeat, not in excuses. It's time to rise again. If you've been down, it's time to rise again. You and I have a choice every day, every moment, what road we will walk on. The road of breakthrough, the road that, that leads us to destiny, or another road that takes us off on another path. Every day, you and I have that decision to make. Every day, we have to choose what we're gonna to yield to. Every decision you make, come to church, not come to church. Get offended, not get offended. Forgive, stay in bitterness. Every decision you make, everything you yield to will lead you somewhere. The word breakthrough means this, it means to advance. It means to leap forward. It means a quantum leap, which is a sudden advancement or abrupt change. It's a revolution. You and I, I need a revolution of Jesus Christ in my life. And so what we're gonna do, we're gonna look at some situations in the Bible where they went on roads that led them into all sorts of places. And the first one is found in Luke 24. And I'm just gonna paraphrase it for you today for time. But so there's these two guys, Cleopas and his friend, and they were disciples of Jesus. And here's the background. They'd walked with Jesus for three years. They had been right beside him. They'd seen the miracles. When he preached to the 5,000, there was no food. And the little boy comes up. Yeah, they were right there. They were giving out the food that multiplied. When people got raised from the dead, when the blind eyes opened, they were there. They were right there through all of it. And then they were right there at the Last Supper. And they were there when he was crucified on the cross. And they were there, it says, for the next three days. I guess wondering what on earth was going on because they had a roadblock. They didn't know it wasn't how they thought it was all gonna work out. And then they were also there early on the third day when the woman came back from the tomb and reported that he had risen, that he wasn't in the grave anymore. And here's what they did with all of that. They walked out of that place and they headed out of town. Why on earth would you do that? Why on earth? Walked with Jesus, seen the miracles, had a mentor you, had dinner with him, lived alongside him, heard that he'd risen and then walked out of town. And I'll tell you what the word says. It says they were walking along the road and while they walked, they talked about what had happened and they started to reason. I'm telling you that when we start to reason, when we try to work out the things that, that don't make sense to us, when we hit a roadblock, when you're pressed on every side and it doesn't make sense, the Bible says that they reasoned. Reasoning brings disappointment because we try to work it out. You know, there's a scripture in Deuteronomy 29, 29, and the, the, my paraphrase version says this. The side of eternity, there's some things we will never know. We will never understand. But they walked along and it says they reasoned. You know what? Because they reasoned, because disappointment set in, when Jesus came and walked alongside them and appeared to them, they did not recognize him. When we walk on roads, there are times when we get disappointed, right? There's times when we don't understand what's going on around us. And the first key I want to give you today, and it's one where we've got to learn to, to mature on the inside. 
is this, is that when it doesn't make sense that I build fortitude on the inside of me, that I go back to the Word of God, Psalm 139 verse 16. Remember what it says? You saw who you created me to be before I became me. Before I'd even seen the light of day, you numbered the days you planned for me and they were already in your book. So he's already got your days figured out. So if you're in a hard season and you're hard pressed today, we've got to build that fortitude inside us that says a, a resolve instead of a, rese- a reasoning. You and I need a resolve and not a reasoning. We've got to stop figuring it all out because it didn't work out in our time. But we need to build a resolve that says, God, I don't understand, but I choose to trust you because you're good. Amen? Amen. It's, it's you and I learning to grow up. It's not trying to figure out because you know what? If we look at the gap, if we always look at our circumstances and not at Him, you will start to reason every time. But when I set my eyes on the King, I don't have to work out what's going on down here. I just got to trust Him. And there are days when Dave and I have, have stood before God and said, we don't understand. This hurts. We don't know what to do. We're bewildered. We're perplexed. We're pressed on every side, but we choose to trust you because you are good. Amen? Amen. I want to look at, I want to look at, I'm going to race through this really quickly this morning, but I want to look at a couple of other people and their responses. And the first one is the story right back in Genesis. It's Cain and Abel. They were brothers. They were the kids of Adam and Eve. And uh, Cain and Abel both did different jobs and they brought God, they brought the Lord an offering each. And God took their offerings, but he accepted Abel's one more than Cain's. And there's a whole nother message in itself. We're not gonna go there today. But Cain was angry. He was angry and he was offended. He was offended that his brother's offering was better than his. And instead of dealing with it, instead of talking to the Lord about it, he purposed in his heart, he let that anger and the offense and the bitterness and the hatred overtake him. And he went out into the field and he murdered his brother. And then it gets worse. When the Lord asked, of course the Lord knew, but when the Lord asked, where's your brother? He denied knowing anything. He says, am I my brother's keeper? Basically, don't ask me where he is. You know what? From that situation there, the Bible says that Cain made a conscious decision to go out of the presence of God. He went into a land called Nod. And the word means exiled in anguish, a wanderer somebody who can't settle. And you know what the sad thing is? He was never heard of again in the Bible, ever. He was never heard of again. I want you to compare that to someone else. Many years later, King David, we all know him, right? He's he's known as the man after God's own heart. But he wasn't always the, the good king. And so there was a time when he should have been at war, but he wasn't. And there's another message in there about knowing our seasons and knowing our times. And as I caught the attention of someone else's wife, and he has an affair with her, and then it gets worse. And then to hide it, he sends her husband out to battle. And then he discovers that she's pregnant. And then he makes sure that her husband gets put on the front line so he gets killed in battle. And he tries to cover it up. And when the baby is born, the baby dies and now he's in a real mess. He's messed up big time, big time. But I want you to look at his response. His response is found in Psalm 51. 
if we're able to put that up, that would be fantastic. This is just part of the scripture, but basically, can you imagine this whole psalm was written on that situation? Can you imagine a whole song, because a psalm is a song, a song being written on your biggest mistake in your life, and then it would be sung for centuries. That's what David did, because you know what? David didn't care what people thought of him. He said this, God created me a clean heart. That word create comes from Genesis, is from the foundation of the earth when God created the earth. Basically, he knew that there was no good thing in him. So he said, God, start from nothing again and create in me something clean and renew a steadfast spirit in me. And the next part, can we just thank you? It says, don't cast away from me your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit. In other words, when you look at the whole Psalm, he's saying, God, I'm a sinner. I've messed up big time. But God, do anything you want to me. You can, you can do anything, but don't take your presence and please don't take your Holy Spirit. The difference between Cain and the difference between David, Cain was bitter. Cain was angry at God and he was angry at his brother and he didn't own up. You know what? God can cope with the messes in our lives. It doesn't matter if you've made a mess. We've all made messes. You will continue to make messes in your life and so will I. It's what we do with the messes that is the difference. Will you step in like David and say, God, I can't do without you. That is on the road to breakthrough. When you come before him and you say, God, I've messed up. I've messed up again, God, and again. You know what? God can cope with your mess. But Cain made a conscious decision to keep, to hold his anger, to hold his bitterness. And he walked out of the presence of the Lord, never to be heard from again. I don't want that for us today. You get to choose, I get to choose today. Your response is everything, especially when you're hard pressed, especially when you feel justified to be hurt and offended. Your response is everything. We have the opportunity every day to draw near or to draw away. I wanna look at two more guys and they were in the same ministry. They were Jesus' disciples, Judas and Peter. Both of them had a call of God on their lives. And we only see Judas as the bad guy, but he was called by Jesus. He was part of the 12. See, he had a call of God on his life. Both men walked with Jesus. They had the same opportunities. They walked with the Messiah and both men screwed up. I said before, your screw-ups and your messes are not a problem for Jesus. In fact, God likes using people that have made screw-ups. You know what? Because they're they're usually the most humble because they know what they've done, right? Both men betrayed Jesus. Not just Judas, both men betrayed Jesus. But here's the difference. It's what we do when we mess up that makes the difference. Where do we allow it to take us? Judas walked out of the presence of God. He didn't own up. He was not transparent. And his life ended in tragedy. Peter, on the other hand, he betrays Jesus three times, denies him three times. And afterwards he was undone, he was broken. And his response was that after Jesus was resurrected, he came close. He didn't run, he didn't get angry or bitter or blame somebody else. He ran into Jesus, into the presence of God. Peter became one of the greatest apostles. Why? Because in his mess up, in his screw up, he didn't run, 
He faced it and pressed himself into the presence of God. You and I, we need to learn this. See, condemnation and conviction feel the same. They both make us feel the weight of what we've done. Condemnation is from the enemy and it'll keep you down and it's designed to make you feel really bad all of the time and to keep you there. Conviction is from God. Conviction helps us to feel the weight of what we've done, but it motivates us back into His presence. And that's the difference. Amen. We need the conviction of God, not the condemnation of the enemy. Amen. You and I, let's face it, we, we are a work in progress to the day Jesus comes back. But if we can learn how to handle this stuff, we will walk in breakthrough. Amen. I got one more person this morning and, it, and it's a road out of Jericho. I wanna say this, your mistakes and your mess is not your issue. Your response is. Who or what will you respond to today? And the other road is a road on the way out of Jericho. And you'll know the story, it's about a blind man named Bartimaeus. And it said he sat on the road leading out of Jericho and Jesus and all the disciples had been in Jericho over that time. But do you know what? There was not one recorded miracle in Jericho in the time Jesus was there. I wanna ask you this, do you think there was no one with a need? Was there anyone, was there no one that had a need? There was all, there's always a need, but no one, there's no record of any miracles. People came and people went, the people came out to see Jesus. It could have been any road that day, but it became a road of breakthrough and it became a road of miracles. Bartimaeus, he hears, that Jesus is in the area. In, in Hebrews 11 verse one, it says this, that faith is a substance. You can't see faith, but you can feel it when it's operating. It's in this room today. Faith for miracles is in this room today. Faith for breakthrough, you can feel it, right? You can hear faith, the sound of faith. And Bartimaeus, he hears that Jesus is there and he has expectation in his heart. And he cries out and he says, Jesus, son of David. And the people around him, be quiet, men, be quiet, shut up. At that point, he needed to make another decision. Was he gonna conform to the crowd today? You gotta decide. If you really need a breakthrough today, are you gonna conform to the crowd? Or are you gonna go after Jesus Christ who brings the miracles? The crowd tried to shut him down. At the first resistance, the first roadblock you come to, what happens to you? Do you quit? Bartimaeus, he makes an internal decision to cry louder. Today's my day, amen? The crowd, I'm telling you this, the crowd around you won't help you. They may love you, they may like you, they may not like you. The crowd's fickle, it always is. The crowd wants to keep status quo. We want nice church, we wanna come in, we wanna get a little bit challenged, have a little bit of the presence of God and we wanna leave and that is not what God has called us to here at Bay City. I speak it out over this place. If you really want your miracle, you're gonna have to shout, you're gonna have to get up, you're gonna have to get onto your feet, you're gonna have to do something, you're gonna have to move because that's what Bartimaeus did. And when he made enough noise, he caught Jesus' attention. And Jesus said, bring him to me. You know what, to get up, he had to throw off the beggar's cloak. 
Whatever cloaks you today, it will define you. I'll say it again, what cloaks you today, what you wore in here, not talking about your natural clothes. I'm talking about the garments that we wear that we can't see in the natural eye, but we feel them. You may walk in freedom. That's amazing. You may walk in joy. You may walk in sadness. You may walk in bitterness and unforgiveness and mad at God because things haven't worked out. What will you walk in today? Because it will define you. He threw off the cloak that caused him to beg and he went after his miracle. Amen. We're to throw off everything that entangles us and run towards Him. Amen. I want to just really quickly, I'm running out of time here, so I'm going to give you some keys. You and I, when we, He took responsibility for Himself. You and I, we got to take responsibility. It's not your leader's job to set you free. It's not the pastor's job. It's not the church's job. Although we're here to support you, hear me right. Don't let the enemy ride in on that. We're here to walk with you but it's not our job to set you free. It's, it's your responsibility to take responsibility. It's your job to take responsibility for your life and say, you know what? I need Jesus. I need a miracle. Amen. That's called maturity. It's where you and I, it's where all of us, we're on a journey towards it. I want to give you a couple of keys. The first one is this, is surrender. It's yielding. You know what? It looks like the weakest thing out there that I would give. It's not giving up. It's giving to Him. That I give up the right to determine when God will do the things that He's promised. That I take the time frames off it and I say, God, I don't understand, but I trust you anyway. Every day as an act of my will, I yield my life to Him. I say, God, I yield, I surrender, I give you everything. Every day I pray for this church and I say, God, take over. We yield this church to you. We yield the people. We yield the plans. Amen. It's the most courageous thing you could do. When Jesus went to the cross, it looked weak. I'm telling you today, it was the most courageous thing. It set you and I free from the enemy. The next one is this. It's worship. In His presence is the only place that you will find true freedom. It's the place of breakthrough. There's a scripture and it says, like, it says this. I'm going to find it. Psalm 97, it says this, a fire goes before him and burns up all his enemies. And the hills, they melt like wax in the presence of the Lord. You know what a hill is? A hill is that thing you're facing down. A hill is that thing that presses you in on each side, makes you feel contained. The hill is the illness. The hill is the relationship that's not working. The hill is the sin that you can't get a handle on. It's the things that aren't going right. It's the job. It's everything. And he says that in his presence, every one of those things will melt like wax. You might say today, well, how do I get in his presence? I want to tell you, worship. Worship him. Put on, I'm going to be real practical now. Put on a song. Put on a worship song if you're not sure what to do and just start to sing it. Start to tell him how much you love him. And his presence will start to calm around your life. Instead of worrying about, instead of looking at the thing, God, has it changed yet? Has it changed yet? Has it changed yet? Now just stick your eyes on him. And you know what? He will sort it out because he's numbered your days, church. Before you breathed a breath, he numbered your days. He planned them all out. So he's got your life in his hands. We can trust him with our lives. It's not luck that'll get you there. 
It's courageous decisions. It's an inner resolve that I will trust you because your plans for me are good. Because you're good. So I want to ask you, where's your priorities? When was the last time you spent time in His presence apart from Sunday? And I know lots of you do. But if you don't, then we wonder why we're so hard-pressed. We need to learn to cultivate, you know, especially in the hard times, cultivate a, a life with God. You know, every day, whether things are going well or they're not, I choose to spend time with Him and I choose to declare that He's good and I choose to declare that the enemy won't have a, have a handle on my life, that the enemy, I won't give him a foothold and I won't allow myself to get offended and I won't allow myself to get bitter and I won't allow myself to reason, but I will resolve that He is good and He will work it out. Amen. We're to throw off the things that hinder us. There was a crowd, there were people around Bartimaeus. He had to throw off the beggar's cloak, the thing that made him, the thing that defined him for so many years. We had to throw off those things. We got to identify them and throw them off. Holy Spirit, he cried out. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, I've got lots actually, but one of them in, the, in Hebrews, says that Sarah, she was, I oh know, 99 years old or 100. She was way past having kids. And God had promised them that they would have children. Their, their, de their descendants would be more than the sand. And it just looked ridiculous. But in, she was in the Hebrews, Hebrews heroes of faith. You know why? Because she did this. She said, I judge you faithful. Some of us, we got to get some fortitude in us and just say, you know what? I don't know. I don't get what's going on, but I judge you faithful. I judge you faithful with my unsaved family. I judge you faithful with my unsaved friends. I judge you faithful with when my finances don't look good. I judge you faithful because you are. You are who you said you are and you will do what you said you will do. Amen. Every one of us is on a road somewhere. What road are you on today? Are you on a road towards breakthrough, surrender, yielding, a life of worship, a life of dealing with our stuff, not reasoning, but building resolve in our lives? There's one more road. It's the most powerful road, I believe, in the whole world. It's called the Via Dolorosa. It's the road that Jesus Christ walked with the cross on his shoulder, on his back. It was the road to your breakthrough. He walked that road. He walked that road up to Calvary for your breakthrough. For you, for over 2,000 years later, he walked that road for you. He walked that road so that you would be free today. He walked that road so that you would have a hope and a future, so that you would have reconciliation with God. He walked that road so that you didn't have to live on your own. It might feel like you're on your own, but you're not on your own. That's why He walked that road and He gave His life up so that you and I would be set free. If you're here today and you need a breakthrough, lift your hand right now. Just lift your hand. So I want a breakthrough, God. I'm serious. I'm gonna put some things in my life. And if they're already in, the, in your life, I bless you and I pray they increase. Right now, Lord, we choose every day to surrender and yield to you. Yield to your will, your timing. And we grow up on the inside, God, mature us, that we don't reason and try and work it out. 
And today we choose to live a life in your presence, conscious of the presence of the living God. It brings you joy, it brings you safety, it brings you freedom in His presence. It brings you deliverance, it's in His presence. Holy Spirit, every person today, Lord, that is needing a breakthrough, we're gonna pray for you in a minute. But right now I wanna ask if there's anyone here, anyone here, you have not given your life to Jesus. And Jesus, I talked about that walked the Via Della Rosa. He walked that for you over 2,000 years ago. He said, I'd do this for just one so that you could have a hope and a future with God. Today, if that's you, if you've walked a life where you just, you're, not, you're on a different road, you're not making it on your own. If that's you today, with every eye closed, every head bowed in this place, why don't you just lift your hand and say, God, I need you. I don't know how, I don't know much about this, but God, I, th- I need you. I need you in my life. Maybe there's somebody here today and you've walked with God, but you know that you've walked away. You know in your heart you haven't, you're not there at the moment. If that's you today, why don't you lift your hand? Lift your hand and say, God, I'm coming back. I'm coming back to you. Who's that person today? There's one up the back. I see your hand. I bless you. Is there anyone else today? There's another one here. Is there other people here? Other people here that say, I'm coming back or I want a relationship with Jesus. There's another one over here. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? Holy Spirit, He loves you. There's another one over here. Thank you, Jesus. There's another one over here. Come on, church, you've got to get hungry. There's people responding all over this room for Jesus. Is there anyone else this morning? Is there anyone else that would say, I want to come back? Or I need Jesus. I've never walked with Him, but I need Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do one more thing with me. If you put your hand up, I'd love to meet you down the front. I'd love to pray for you this morning. Would you, this morning, would you come out of your seat if you put your hand up? Bring somebody with you. You don't have to do it on your own. Come on down the front. Nobody's here to embarrass you in the church. We're going to celebrate this morning. Come on, church. People coming to Jesus. People coming to Jesus.